A key component of the modern world economy, the chemical industry delivers products and innovations to enhance everyday life. It is also an industry in transformation, where chemical executives and workers are delivering growth and industry-changing advancements while responding to pressures from investors, regulators, and public opinion. Discover how leading companies are approaching these challenges here on The Chemical Show. Join Victoria Meyer, president of Progressio Global and host of The Chemical Show, as she speaks with executives across the industry and learns how they are leading their companies to grow, transform, and push industry boundaries on all frontiers. Here's your host, Victoria Meyer. Hi, I'm Victoria Meyer, host of The Chemical Show. This week, I'm speaking with Cameron Whaley, president of SCT, also known as Southern Chemicals and Textiles, which is a manufacturer of primary and secondary surfactants based here in North America. Cameron is a second-generation leader of SCT, which is a family-owned business, and we're going to have a great conversation talking about all things going on in chemicals, family-owned businesses, et cetera. Cameron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Victoria. Really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I'm delighted to have you here. So let's just start out. Tell us a little bit about SCT. SCT was founded by my father, Truman Whaley, in July 1st of 1984. So we just celebrated our 37th anniversary. That's amazing. Yeah, it was quite incredible. Dad came from the chemical industry. He he began his life in the lab at a local company here in Dalton, Georgia, going to school, working in the lab, getting some experience and flash forward to 84. He was working for Goodyear Chemical. They had a SBR latex plant in Calhoun, Georgia, that he was a technical seller for. And the carpet industry at that point was booming. And he really saw that there was an opportunity to do something different. And yeah, so he walks in and I'm an only child, so we're having dinner and and he laid out these plans for starting a company. And mom and I looked at him like he was crazy, I think. And we had $6,500 in a savings account and rented a building and started a business. So that's amazing. Yeah. I remember climbing in July 1, 84, climbing into an 84 Buick, driving to Anadarko, Oklahoma for a sales call. And we actually got a sell, drove back and made a truckload of drums. And that was our first sell. That's cool. And you were yeah. there for it. I was there. I've been there for the whole time. That's it's, amazing. That's yeah, really yeah. good. It's really cool. It's really cool. And so fast forward today. So you went from an idea that was your dad's idea and vision right. and dream, I guess, and got your first sale to where you guys are today. Yeah. I mean, it's been a whirlwind. It's been an absolute whirlwind. I came back to the business in 99 and, you know, we were still pretty much a hundred percent surfactants for carpet finishing and manufacturing Okay, and was doing following in dad's footsteps. We kind of saw an opportunity with the surfactants that we were making. They had uses in other industries. So we went to industrial and kind of peddled our wares and Then they found their way into household. And then we had an opportunity in the early 2000s to work with a personal care company and and do some blending. And it was like, wow, we can do this. And, you know, it it was just another leg on the stool. And so that's taken off and that's now 
the biggest part of our business is. Is it really? I was going to ask. So, what's, how carrying. is your business divided in terms of end use markets today? Yeah, I think it's about eighty five percent household personal care, maybe two percent carpet and textiles. Now. Yeah, well, and I guess there was part of this is also just surviving, right? Because the carpet and textile business in the U.S. has taken such a hit. I mean, I don't even know how much is made anymore in the U.S., really. Well, yeah, it's been difficult. I mean, textiles are kind of making a comeback, but carpet, I don't know how much carpet you have in your house. So it's It's, taken it. Still a little bit too much. We got some that needs to get gone, but. Yeah, um, it's dwindled. It's, I think it's making a comeback, but yeah, yeah. It's definitely not where it was in the late nineties. Yeah, absolutely. So you took over as president of SCT in 2015. Is that right? Yeah, it was right around 2013. Or okay. 2014, Got that it. time frame. So tell me about, you know, what have you done? So you obviously, you come in, you, you take over. It's interesting taking over a family business because it kind of starts as somebody else's idea. And then you've grown into it, obviously. You took leadership role in 2013, 2014. How have you changed SCT? How, do you, how have you put your mark on it? I mean, the company has changed quite a bit, but it hasn't changed. Okay. And I know that's difficult to kind of convey We still have employees that have been here since I was in high school. You know, so you take folks that have been making product a certain way for a certain application. And then you say, hey, okay, we're going to make, I don't know, 50 different products and the different regulations. And and you have to be kosher certified. We have to, we now have an organic certification. So the way you do things is completely different. And everyone has just adapted and evolved. So my leadership style is very similar to dad's. It's, we don't have, we're a small company. We don't have 200 employees and we really focus on who is doing the work for us. And our job as management or or sales or whatever is to go out and make the best opportunities available so everyone can succeed. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds really personal, right? It's a very Not just because it's personally owned, but because you take a real personal interest in the people and in the business and customers, et cetera. Right. Dad was hands-on. I mean, you have to be when you start something from scratch. He knows every nut bolt in the plant, every pipe, anything. And so it's vastly important. And everyone sees that and they take responsibility and, and ownership in their job. That's awesome. So, you know, let's talk about what's going on today. So obviously you've been with SCT through its journey, its development, changes, leadership journey. But if we just kind of focus in on what's going on right now, obviously the last 18 months have been crazy in the world, right? With COVID and then the changes in the chemical industry, demands have changed. There's been a lot of discontinuities, et cetera. What's been the biggest challenge for you guys at SCT if you look at just the last 12 to 18 months? I think all of it, <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. When when all this started, I went to dad and I'm like, okay, what do we do? I have no idea. Yeah. No one's been through anything like this. You know, we went through the financial crisis in 2007, 2008, and you can see a little bit of that with what we're seeing now with the increases in pricing and raw material shortages. You know, we kind of went through that, but having to basically take your team that's not manufacturing or in the lab and put them remote. 
we weren't prepared for that. We had right. never, I mean, we have office, we have administration, you know, we have HR that's on site. And to top it all off, we had just opened a new corporate office. Oh, wow. Right in that same time. Yeah. Good timing. Yeah, it was perfect. So, you know, we're able to delay a little bit of uh, renovation and kind of slow that down. But we brought back folks about a year ago. Okay. So you kept your people home for a few months, but then brought them back pretty quickly. We did, but everyone, it was tremendous. I mean, it was just tremendous, the job that everyone did. And I think, you know, everyone, we've all learned a lot from that. And people, you know, it's a quality of life thing. Uh, We're a lot more understanding if somebody says, hey, I've got some things going on. I need to be remote today. Well, that's great. We have the ability to do that now. It was tough on the operators and the folks that work in the plant and you know, drive the trucks. It's it's keeping that motivation of, you know, hey, we're essential. We're supplying cleaning products. And that was difficult keeping that motivation for, you know, as long as we did. Yeah. I think that's been one of the hard pieces through the pandemic and just the changes in how we've worked because we keep talking about remote work. And yet the reality is, if you look at many workers in the chemical industry, they're essential. You're the operators are on site operating the plant because they have to be, right? There's no other way to do it. Yeah. The truck drivers and your logistics team is, they're physically there. And so when you think about the mix of on-site versus remote work, a heavy portion of it is on-site and it's essential and it's needed to be. And you had the constant fear of, you know, you get one outbreak and you shut down a whole portion of your production facility for two weeks or even longer. It was somewhat terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I bet. A very stressful. And I can't complain. I can't complain because I have friends in the restaurant business that, you know, they're sitting there listening to me and I'm no sympathy at all because their whole business is closed and they're having to pivot. Yeah. Yes. That's been really hard. As a whole, we came through this. Got it. That's good. So did so what pivots did you guys take? I mean, aside from obviously having some of your employees working from home for a period of time, how did you guys really react to any big changes in terms of your business? We pivoted immediately to the cleaning side. And there were ancillary pieces of our business that you just don't think about that were negatively impacted. We have customers that do a lot of amenity lines for hotels. They weren't busy at all. <laughs> you know, so no. you lose a little bit of that and then you make up for it. You know, so we made a lot of cleaning raw materials and we're still doing that today. Yeah. Cause that business has been strong, right? That's it has. One of the- it really has. Yeah. And we did the best we could to introduce, you know, we introduced immediately, we had some formulas that R&D had developed years ago. We immediately introduced formulations for anti-back hand soaps and just things that, that we could make available. And it was, you know, here's yeah. the formula. Everything was free. We published. Just go make it. Yeah, good. That's I mean, it's good, and it's good that you had some resources at hand that you could quickly make that happen and turn and make that happen. So you know, SCT is a relatively small company in the chemical world. What sets you guys apart? How do you guys differentiate yourself? My father's always kind of said, "You can dance with the elephants, just don't get stepped on." And so we're very nimble. We're highly service oriented. We've been able to make our space in offering products that can be customizable, sort of definitely things that are scalable. We came into this and it was when we first started diversifying the company, it was very difficult for a lot of people to understand how 
a small company that no one had ever heard of had such large capabilities to mm. compete. Well, the industry we come from in the carpet and textile world, we had never sold anything in drums or totes. Everything okay. was bulk. So we had massive amounts of bulk storage available and ready. So we had a lot of capacity that we could fill. So we've been able to maintain that high service level of an industry that we came from into HPC. And it's been well received. It's kind of like you know, we had instances where customers just needed something, a viscosity change or you know a tighter spec, a pH change, and no one else would do that for them. And it's like, yeah, we can do that. It's no problem. So that's kind of how we've survived so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By being uh, more customer focused and being willing and able to make some adaptations to meet those customer requirements. Yeah, and I had a lot of great mentors, you know, as I was coming through that owned businesses that they were incredibly successful building and then they got bought out. And really to listen to those stories as how they built their businesses, it's always been tremendous. Yeah, it is helpful, right? I mean, it's nice to have examples. It and really is. Examples that you can follow, mentors and coaches along the way. So when you guys, when I think about SCT, I mean, or maybe you is, what's your geographic spread today for your business, right? I guess I think of, you know, when I think about where your origins were with carpet and textiles, definitely mm-hmm. Southeast. Is it still a Southeast US focus? Is it broader than that today? We're global. We are global. We are global. We sell all of North America, Canada. We're in Asia. We're in Europe. The UK, we haven't ventured into Australia yet. Well, that sounds like a business trip opportunity to go see if there's business there, right? I've been really looking at a prospecting trip, so. (laughs) I think that's a good idea. Okay, that's great. I did not realize that you guys were selling and operating globally. We are. I mean, it's been a whirlwind with that, so. Got it. And is your primary manufacturing still in the U.S.? It is. Do you have have manufacturing elsewhere? We don't. Everything is still U.S.-based. All of our manufacturing is in Dalton, Georgia. We have two locations here in Georgia. Okay. Research and development is in uh, Monmouth Junction, New Jersey. We have a lab up there. And that was really strategic and key for us. We have an absolute tremendous leadership staff up there with Jim Griffin and and Lauren Corcoran that, that are through the pandemic. I mean, I could not have asked for a better team. I mean, they were in the lab pumping out new things. They weren't distracted with the day-to-day. It was, what can we make next? What can we make next? So it's been great. That's nice. That's nice. And obviously having that, your lab up there is helpful in terms of proximity to a lot of the personal care customers and I guess household as well, right? Right. It's been great because we do have a lot of our customers come visit. They have a lot of great ideas and they can put hands on what we're working on and what they would like to see. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. We'll be right back. Support for this episode comes from ChemDirect. ChemDirect is an all-in-one commerce platform to buy and sell chemicals online. Shop online to get products in days instead of weeks at a highly competitive price. If you're a supplier, you can launch a fully resourced digital channel for free. Now, we all know that digital is getting more and more important in chemicals, and that's something we discuss regularly on The Chemical Show. ChemDirect is here to help make it happen. Head on over to ChemDirect.com to check them out and use the code CHEMSHOW20 for a 20% discount on your first order. So when I look at kind of the big trends in the chemical industry today, 
we kind of put the COVID changes aside, although I think there's that's a long-term influence, at least for the next period of time. But you know, a lot of the big trends that we see companies going through in the industry really focusing in on is things like, you know, digitization or um, mm-hmm. sustainability, right? So sustainability has been around for a long time, seems to be taking an increasing focus. And then of course, obviously a lot of focus on supply chain, right? Because of just the challenges that we've seen over the past 12, 18 months. It go, look in the past, and frankly, as we look in the future, there's still going to be a lot of supply chain challenges. So where's SCT focus? When you think about some of those big trends and, and what's going on, where are you guys focused in on? Sustainability has been at the forefront of our business and development. We come from an industry that has cradle-to-cradle certifications. They basically have no waste. Everything is recycled, reused. So when we began working with RSPO, we're certified through the RSPO. We also work with the Rainforest Alliance on their sustainable coconut oil and sustainable um, palm. They've been a great organization. We've been with them since, I want to say, 2009. Oh, wow. They've been wonderful. So it's not been an option for us. I mean, it's just kind of something that we've always done. With supply chain, right now, I think it's as much logistics as anything as availability. I mean, we had the storm in the Gulf that's really, you know, it wreaked havoc in the late winter and early spring, but right now it's more freight oriented. And I don't think that's going to get better. No, I think that it's an interesting one because yeah, just the freight and logistics have been difficult. Just, you know, what I hear from people is availability of trucks or drivers or just really widespread challenges across logistics and shipping how do you guys tackle that? And how do you make it not a problem? Because at the end of the day, you still need to serve your customers. We all need to serve our customers and you can make an excuse saying, well, logistics sucks. Okay, well, yeah, it sucks for everybody. So what's what's different? I cheat. (laughs) Well, okay, say more. (laughs) We have a freight company. Okay. (laughs) We've always run our own trucks. We've always run our way because everything that we came from was just in time. So we had to have our own vehicles. Yeah. And everything was short bulk. It was small bulk in this industry. So we've always had our own trucks and it's just carried over. Now, a couple of years ago, we spun it off into Riva Transport. So now we have 12 over-the-road tractors and a fleet of drivers. And we are a four-hire carrier, but we primarily focus on SCT. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And that's an advantage. I mean, the way we've all, the way I look at it and the way, trust me, I've had these conversations with tons of people and they're like, oh my gosh, the liability. Yes, there is a ton of liability. I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, the insurance is astronomical. It's crazy. Dealing with a fleet of drivers has its own challenges, but they're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. They're super experienced and they're incredibly skilled, but kind of the way, if you look at it, you spend millions and millions of dollars developing a product, right? It goes through R&D, it goes through all of your quality checks, all of your scale up, and then you finally make it, you get an order, and then you have no idea whose truck you're loading it onto, what that driver's going to do when he gets to your customer. I mean, our drivers have probably a better relationship with our customers than the salespeople. They definitely have a different relationship sure, than our salespeople do. So yeah, we've tackled it that way. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, in fact, you know, you, you talk about that and the, the customer experience 
doesn't end when the order is placed, right? So the whole fulfillment part of that order and the delivery and ensuring that, you know, your trucks show up with the right equipment at the right time, with the right behaviors is part of that customer experience, right? And it matters, right? So it's, I think, especially in an industry where relationship is so critical, where there's such longevity of business relationships, et cetera, it's not just done at the, you know, during from a sales and procurement point of view, it's absolutely done all the way through to final delivery. And I think sometimes the industry forgets about that, right? Because I think the logistics and the supply piece of it, the delivery piece is considered not a core part of business, can be considered not critical. And yet it's the last bit of the relationship that your customer realizes. Some could argue it's the most critical because if that truck doesn't show up on time and you can run the risk of shutting someone down, it's not good. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the cardinal sin. You don't do that. No, that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, you talked about, you know, just in time, I was uh, chatting with somebody last week who said, there is no such thing anymore because of such disruption in the industry that people have to be carrying bigger inventories, that your customers can't be as lean as they once were, et cetera. So are you guys seeing that as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, our just-in-time delivery is now four weeks. I mean, oh, man, heck, that's just in time. I really? Mean, it, it's, yeah. Is that what you're looking at lead time wise? Right. Absolutely. I mean, we do the best we can right now, but from a raw material viewpoint, I mean, we try and bring in, we try and deliver and never come home empty. You know, we do the best we can to, we really love our customers that are strategically located near our raw material points. Mm, yeah. So we're constantly bringing things back that we need. However, we can only bring back what's available. And when things are short or they're on a boat sitting outside a port, there's just so many things that are out of our control. And so, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, you know, just in time is about four weeks these days, (laughs) but it's getting better. It's getting a little bit better. It's getting a little bit better. Yeah. Well, we hope so. We hope so. Right. I think everybody needs that to be the case. So let's pivot a little bit and let's talk leadership. So you kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, but you know, you're the second generation leader in a family-owned business, which that transition can be difficult, right? So yes. that's one thing. Obviously, you've grown up in the business to a large degree. So you've had some of those relationships and you've got that knowledge. And yet, you know, you come in and I know that you want to put your own stamp on it. You do. How have you done that? You know, what's been your opportunity and maybe even your challenge as a leader in a family-owned business such as yours? It's been the most rewarding thing I think I've ever done in my life and the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. Because you definitely want to put your stamp and your thumbprint on what you're developing, Mm. but you still can't go so far as to change culture, identity, what got you where you are today. I think the hardest thing that I've ever done was It's so simple, but changing a logo, changing a logo from the one that my dad originally did. That one might have, might have had the hardest. So was that hard on you or was that hard on him or was that hard on your employees? No, it wasn't hard on the employees at all. It was hard on dad and I, Yeah, but we compromise. It's like any relationship you compromise. So at our peak road facility, the original sign and logo are still there. So that was the compromise. 
Which is kind of this transition from, I mean, I know you guys really are focused on referring to yourself and your logo as SCT and getting uh, away from the textiles piece maybe to reflect more of your business. Is that part of that switch? Yeah, we needed to pivot to that. It was most every one of our customers referred to us as SCT. It was just a shorthand. And so we kind of went with it because as we were diversifying, it was, you know, the question was constantly, so what do you do with textiles? You know, what does textiles have to do with this? It can be a distraction, right? Yeah. It was a little bit of a distraction, you know, and it's been a good change. It's been a good change and it it was easy for customers to to make that transition. And does your is your dad still involved in the business at all? He is. I see him, you know, quite a bit. He doesn't come in as often as he used to, but you know, everyone loves it when he comes in. That's nice. Because there's a lot of people there that work directly under him and I'm sure they tell him what an awful job I'm doing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. You know, the people I've talked to have given me good feedback about you, Cameron. So uh, I'm not sure I'd tell you otherwise. (laughs) I appreciate that. I appreciate that. (laughs) It's good. So what's next for SCT, right? So you guys have a long history. You're helping to kind of transition this business. What's next? What do you see yourself when we look out a year or three years? Where do you hope to go? We're so blessed. We have, I'm surrounded by a tremendous group of people that have come in and brought a ton of experience. And I just, I freed them up and they're a heck of a lot smarter than I am. So just go do your thing. And number one, we want to continue having a place that we're putting out products that the industry wants, needs, that propel the business forward and, you know, really our products that are good for not only our community, our climate. We've got a ton of free from products that came from a campaign that we did in 19 that have been widely accepted. And so, you know, if I look at it, it's let's continue creating a culture of free thinking, free form growth and development. And, you know, we'll see. I I don't really have a, oh gosh, I want to be this top line revenue or anything like that. It's just continue having a place where really everyone enjoys coming and contributing and can look back and say, wow, I was a part of that. That's nice. That's really it. That's really it. That's awesome. And you know what? And that becomes part of your legacy, right? I think people need that, that opportunity and the experience for growth and to be able to grow in a place where they're welcome and feel part of. Right. And we try and have some fun. You know, with dad, it was you know, and someone asked him a long time ago, why did you start your own business? And it was, I just wanted to go to some place I, I enjoyed being at. That's pretty much it. That's awesome. That's pretty much it. And I think at the end of the day, that's everybody's hope, right? Is that where you're spending a huge part of your life and your time that you're in a place you enjoy. Right, right. That's the goal. That's the goal. And whatever, wherever that takes us, that's the goal. Awesome. That's fabulous. Well, Cameron, thank you so much for joining me on The Chemical Show. I've really enjoyed speaking with you today and I know people are going to love hearing more about you and your story. Well, perfect. I appreciate it, Victoria. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks. And thanks everyone for listening to The Chemical Show and we will talk to you again soon. We've come to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and want to learn more. Simply visit thechemicalshow.com for additional information and helpful resources. Join us again next time here on The Chemical Show with Victoria Meyer.